Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today's Thursday. The Buffs are playing tonight in basketball, and uh, we're going to talk about that just a little bit. Today's show is going to be kind of strange, so right now it's like Thursday afternoon, and I don't want to uh, record a full podcast starting at, let's see, the game's at 8, that means it's over at like 10. That means we start media stuff at like 10.15, get out of there at 10.40, 10.45, write a story, edit Ben's story, uh, drive from Boulder to Denver, and then all of a sudden start podcasting at like 12.30 if everything goes perfectly. If uh, the story takes too long to write or something, then all of a sudden it's one. and then So we are not going to mess around with that and record a full podcast after the game. So instead we're going to talk about things now and then the final segment, maybe the last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes, something like that, 15 minutes depending on how much time the game warrants, uh, will be about that and I'll record that after. So until then... I'm going to be right here in my living room where I've been eating chicken fingers and uh, tater tots all day, drinking some Mio, drinking some Starbucks cold brew, um, and working all day. I've been really cooped up in here all day, and I think I'm going a little bit insane. I had to go to the gym just to get some of this out before I jump on the podcast. Been a weird day. A lot of work, but also I think I'm going to buy Avalanche season tickets which is not something I thought was going to happen, but here we are. And they have like deals so I can get into the playoff games this season with my tickets next season, like save a bunch of money and the tickets are actually pretty cheap. So so that's kind of what I've been dealing with is figuring out whether I'm going to blow a bunch of money on that. We're not going to think about that now. Um, before we start talking and... I want to start by talking about Steven Montez. Uh, I want to tell you just a tiny bit more about our great friends over at Davidson's. And they really are great friends. It's a local business. They're a big part of the community with stores in Centennial and in uh, Highlands Ranch. Sorry, that that's weird. I couldn't remember that one. That's where my grandparents lived. Uh but it's locally owned. It's locally operated. Thousands of varieties of beer, wines from around the world, fine single malts, rare whiskeys. And the best part is if you download their app today, you can get 
10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Just need the code FIRST10, F-I-R-S-T-1-0. And the offer ends in eight days. So get in on this. Uh, I said I was going to get my hair cut today. I did not. Uh, my hair looks disgusting, by the way. I will say that. We are two weeks past haircut time, and I look homeless. If you see me at the game tonight, you'll be seeing me in a hat. Uh, also, back to Davidson's. If you uh, purchase from them, they will deliver it to your door. And that's a great service. Use the code FIRST10, F-I-R-S-T-1-0 to save 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Okay, let's talk about Steven Montez. Um, let's start here. Before the Senior Bowl, um, I guess this was a couple weeks ago. I think it was right around signing day time. I said, Steven Montez is built for the Senior Bowl. I know people say he's not a good practice quarterback. A guy who can flash all the things that he can flash, you know, in front of the scouts when you're just out there. And he's just being told, hey, throw this ball to this guy who's in one-on-one man coverage. Give him a chance to go make a play. And he can do that. He can put the ball where it needs to go. He doesn't have to worry about pressure. He doesn't need to worry about overthinking things or all the different reads. It's just, there's the guy. Get him the ball. Boom. Um, those kinds of drills cater to him, and he is reaping the rewards of that. Uh, if you guys have been following along, he has been consistently called one of the one of the stars of the Senior Bowl practices so far. You know, the whole week of practices. I think the game's on Saturday. I've just been assuming it's on Saturday, but I realize now that I haven't actually checked that. Steven is making a name for himself. And that's that's huge. It's it's not like he's going up against guys who are going to be drafted in the sixth round, seventh round. These are some big names. The quarterbacks on his team, Steven Montez, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. All the reports say Steven Montez belongs. And that's probably the most conservative report we've seen. You know, Justin Herbert, you know, we all... I think this group, me and all of you and people who follow Pac-12 football and hear the hype and then see him play, we might not be as high on Justin Herbert as a lot of other outsiders are. Um, Guys who say, wow, look at the tools. Look at how, you know, that kind of stuff. We see him botch a whole bunch of things, and he's done that for a few years. Uh, But still, I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Jalen Hurts, I'm not high on by any means I was I was early in the season I was really high on him early in the season when he was just torching defenses then things got a little bit tougher the windows tightened up a little bit and he did not really look like he knew how to handle that this isn't he's going to get a lot of Lamar Jackson comps I think there's definitely a trend of these mobile quarterbacks being better fits in the modern NFL but they have to be able to throw the football. That's where everything starts. What makes Lamar Jackson incredible is that today at a Pro Bowl practice from the 50-yard line, he has chucked a ball and hit the crossbar. Or I guess it would have been the 40-yard line because he was 50 yards out. But still, 50 yards away, says, I'm going to hit the crossbar. Boom, hits the crossbar. He has an arm. He's accurate. Uh, Same thing, Patrick Mahomes has all that, and he isn't obviously quite as athletic as Lamar Jackson, but... Honestly, I think a lot of his athleticism right now is being overshadowed by his arm and the way he can use different arm slots and the way he puts the ball right where it needs to be. Not just 
where his receiver will catch it, has a good chance to catch the ball without a defender getting in the way, but also putting it in the spot where he can catch the ball and keep running, hitting him right in stride. Jalen Hurts doesn't quite do that, and he's, there's totally room to improve, and there's no reason to say that he, as a 21, 22-year-old, is now what he is, and it's time to just accept that he's not an NFL guy. I'm not saying that. But he's definitely a project, and you really have to project him improving in terms of his arm talent, really. Um, his ability to put the ball in tight windows, put it right where it needs to go, instead of just saying, hey, you're going to open up a whole bunch of windows with your legs, lots of wide-open targets because of your legs. Now take advantage. Um because that's what he was working with, especially early this season at Oklahoma. And, you know, one of the great coaches that you'll find anywhere in Lincoln Riley. You know, he's he's a guy who it almost seems like the creativity is just, like, overflowing. Like, like this man is just an artist. He, he just has so many ideas. And so many ideas every week to do new, innovative things. There are a lot of really creative play designers. You know, Kyle Shanahan is is an example in the NFL of a guy who just puts together plays that are incredibly creative. You know, with the late releases and the misdirection and all these different little pieces that you can tweak in all these different little ways. But what Lincoln Riley does so well is just create quantity of those plays and they're still great plays it's not to say that they aren't up to the standards of the greatest play designers that we've seen but he makes so many and it feels like every play there's there's a blocker releasing late into some gap that you just know is going to be open and that's the whole point of the play and and he's able to do all these different things with all the different misdirection and it's almost like it's a trick play offense but they really aren't trick plays. They're just strange combinations of football concepts. And some of them are trick plays. But but that's what he does so well. And because he creates such great plays, the receivers are open. They don't have quite as many tight windows. And that means that Jalen Hurts can miss by a bit. Um, this isn't a Jalen Hurts podcast, though, I just realized. So let's get back to the point. And the point is that these are two guys who, even if we aren't in love with them for whatever reasons, uh, in Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts, these are guys who a lot of NFL teams are in love with and a lot of football fans are in love with. Uh, these are guys who are big names. It's going to be notable where they go. People are going to follow along. There's going to be a little bit of a circus. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be an interesting case. You know, he, He's had the college football success. He has the college football numbers, all this kind of stuff. But he still might be a day three pick. We might see him go in the fourth, fifth round. Who knows? A lot of that is still to be determined. If he has a great pre-draft process, and that has already started with the the senior bowl practices, moving moving up from uh, where he's projected now to the first round is not totally off the table, although it is very unlikely. Um Steven Montez fits in, and that's the point. And in some cases, he's looked better. There, there have been clips of great balls he's thrown. Um, 
Van Jefferson has caught some, a guy from Florida who's really sticking out. Uh, people are falling in love with him. And that's what we said. Um, it's it's just kind of fun to follow along with that process and see people fall in love with him. Because that's the phrase that we've been using since before this season. Even when we were saying, you know what? Steven Montez is going to be a quarterback in the NFL because maybe he doesn't have the consistency. Maybe he doesn't have the production. Maybe he doesn't have whatever. But he does have the tools. And some team is going to fall in love with the tools. And now we get to see those teams actually fall in love with the tools. And it's going exactly how we planned, maybe even on a wider level. You know, it's not a surprise that he's tearing up the Senior Bowl. We all know what Steven can do when he's at his best. Uh, question is just how often is he at his best? Which coaching staff can get his best out of him every single game? It's going to be tough, uh, but he's really helping himself. And at this point, I'd be shocked if he isn't drafted. I'd be truly shocked if he isn't drafted. Again, there's still a long ways to go. He could totally bomb the final practices. He could totally bomb the senior bowl game. He could bomb the combine. He could he could have some problems going forward that would knock him out. But on the not not just the trajectory, not just this upward trajectory that we're seeing where, you know, he's moved up from, you know, is he like a seventh round guy, sixth round guy to huh, probably a fourth, fifth round guy? And we expect to see that rise continue. No. I think he's, even if he plateaus from here, he's in a very good spot. Um, he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL, which is really exciting. Uh, it's great for him. It's really great for the Buffs. Anything you can do to put Colorado on the map is great, uh, whether that's landing an athletic director on the uh, college football playoff selection committee or whether that's landing a quarterback in the NFL. You know, having David Bakhtiar, being able to say... Uh, you know, Alec Burks is going off. Uh, he's he's had a couple of good games. Being able to say, "Hey, that's a buff," you know that that's all just good marketing. Uh, that that makes it a lot easier to recruit. Let's see what Steven can do, because um, because he's already proven now that you can kind of make that jump. You can you can be seen at Colorado. You can be seen and turn that into an NFL career. Now let's see him expand that story by taking off. You know, can can he have that Gardner Minshew stretch? Because that's kind of the range where I see him going. Um, can he have that Gardner Minshew stretch where he sits on the bench? Nobody's really thinking about him. Nobody's really worried about him. He's a mid-round guy. Probably isn't going to pan out. Uh, just isn't on a lot of people's minds. Even even on the minds of the fans of whatever team he ends up on. But then whatever happens, happens in the middle of the season and he gets thrust in some playing time, gets two, three games to prove what he can do and he can take advantage of those and then all of a sudden he's off and running. Uh, the path is there and, and he's taking advantage of it so far, which is really exciting um, and it's good to see. I know, uh, I'm pretty sure Andrew Mason, our Andrew Mason, is has had, had a chance to spend some time with him recently, which I'm excited to hear about i think we're going to be hearing about that more soon um here's the other note for as great as everything's going with steven montez for as great as all the reports are out of the senior bowl on steven montez and you know i've been trying to follow along on tv on nfl network honestly i don't know 
I, I'm not a huge fan of how they show the practices and it's, it's tough to do, but it's different than being there for sure. You know, when you're actually covering the practices and you get to go watch whatever you want to watch, whatever you're interested in and somebody catches your eye, Steven catches your eye and you say, okay, I might, I might just follow around these quarterbacks all day and see if this is legit. The way NFL network just cuts from here's three snaps of the lineman. Here's three snaps of the receivers. Here's three snaps of the quarterbacks. And you understand why they do it. That's how you translate something like that to television. But in terms of actually getting much out of it, you're, you're just catching again, maybe five snaps of every player every day out of the 60 that they're taking, the 60 reps they're taking, the hundred reps they're taking. I would hold off making too many judgments based on what we're seeing on TV um, and trust the people who are there, which is too bad. I, it's, I mean, but, but what are they going to do? What's the NFL Network going to do? Just say, hey, today we're going to follow around the receivers. Let's see what the receivers are doing and just watch receiver drills, watch every rep so that we can see not just the great plays. You know, KJ Hill had that reaching back one-handed catch. Incredible today. But we wouldn't know if he also had three drops because we just don't see every rep. You know, that's that's the problem. You can't just follow around one group. That's not good TV. You need the quick cuts. You need to show everything. Everybody's not interested in the receivers. If if we're tuning in because we want to see Steven Montez and Davion Taylor, we're going to be pretty frustrated when we see the receivers. You also can't dedicate three channels to this every day. A channel for one group, a channel for the other group. It's, it's just too bad. That's what makes the Masters so fun, though. And some of these other big golf tournaments, and this is a tangent that I'm trying to wrap up, I promise. But but when you have a chance to like watch this tournament, and you don't just have to follow cut to cut to cut. Here's who we want to see. Here's who we want to see because they have all these different ways to watch. You know, you can you can follow along with one group if there's one group you're interested in, or one section of holes, and you can flip between the different groups at your own control. And then you know, on Sunday maybe you trust the broadcast. And, to say, hey, these are the three guys who are in it. We're just going to watch every shot they take. You know, that's that's fun. Or you can just follow Tiger all the way through. It's it's great. And that makes watching golf so much more fun. But when you're stuck just saying, here's the TV broadcast of this lesser tournament, it's like, eh, I don't know if I can buy in. Also, the Masters commercials just started up, in case you guys haven't seen those. And they're getting to me already, even though we're still months away. And that's why it's in my head constantly (sighs) yep uh so moving along from there actually before we move on i uh want to tell you about breckenridge brewery which is incredible uh you you guys need to be trying these beers they're so good um we also have something really really cool to talk to you about breck has just an incredible announcement that's coming next week I wish I could tell you more. I can't. Um, but I do now know what I can tell you and what I can't. And basically, I just told you everything I told you. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's so exciting. So exciting. Um, we're, we have some cool things planned. Um, also, make sure you're staying tuned to the uh, Breckenridge event calendar at thedmvr.com. You can see all the different events that we have planned. And they they will be involving Breckenridge beers just as you'd expect. Um, I also want to tell you about Blake Street Tavern. Actually, I think Ryan's going to tell you about Blake Street Tavern here in a second. But uh, before I, I let Ryan take over, I want to tell you guys that you need to be there 
on February 5th when Mel Tucker is there to talk about signing day, to shake hands, to meet all you guys, uh, to hopefully answer some questions for me so that I can write about football. Um, it won't just be Mel Tucker. Uh, Darren Cheverini is going to be there. Uh, Darren Hagan. I'm pretty sure this whole coaching staff is going to be at Blake Street Tavern on signing day uh, to talk about whatever they bring in, two or three guys uh, that, that are going to be signing. Um uh, just got to be there. There's really no excuse. Go to the Blake Street Tavern website to RSVP. It's going to be packed. It's going to be so much fun. So many bus fans. Uh, important people, too, that I've been talking to or planning on being there. Uh, really can't stress enough. We have so much fun at the watch parties we have at Blake Street Tavern, the Hall of Fame watch party, the Avs watch parties, Nuggets watch parties. People go insane. The Buffs watch parties this is going to be a whole nother level with Mel out there. Uh, I haven't seen Mel in like a month probably. Oh, he was at that game with Phil. What game was that? doesn't matter. The point is I'm excited to have some content. Hopefully uh, this, this is going to be a great event. Here's Ryan with more on Blake street tavern. What's up guys. Ryan Konigsberg here. And I got to tell you, about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins best sports bar in Denver seemingly every year from westward anyone else that's voting it's the place to be uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world i recommend the nachos the green chili fries uh, the buffalo chicken wrap you name it they've got it and the location is perfect just two blocks north of course field and they have parking so go check out the blake street tavern okay um before we move on to some basketball stuff, and the plan is I want to tell you just a tiny bit about what I want to see tonight, what I expect to see tonight um, before the game, just really briefly so that I'm on the record before we uh, jump back in after the game and I tell you what I saw. Um, you know, I feel like a little prelude to that could be valuable. So that, you know, we're on the same page. But uh, before we get into that, I do want to talk just a tiny bit more about what's going on at the Senior Bowl. And one thing that's really disappointing me is that we aren't hearing more about Davion Taylor. Uh, I really thought that he was going to stand out too. And maybe that makes me a homer expecting both the buffs who are out there to be kind of some of the storylines. Um, we got Steven. We aren't hearing quite as much about Davion. Um Really nothing at all. Uh, he's he, he's obviously the type of guy that we would expect to really stand out. You know, he's a linebacker that's faster than most cornerbacks. That's what the NFL wants more than anything. Uh, he's, he's just a special kind of athlete to be as fast as he is, as agile as he is at his size and also be a smart guy, a guy who I would trust to learn a defense, a guy who uh, I think is like the hardworking type that you throw on special teams and expect good things to happen. You know, I think he fits in the NFL in a lot of different ways. And I'm kind of surprised that he isn't stealing the show at the senior bowl. Um, 
I will say this. A lot of people, a lot of media people, and those are the ones we hear from. We don't hear what the teams are thinking um, very much at all. We don't hear what the Broncos front office is saying about these guys to each other. And so there's a good chance that they're saying, hey, this Davion Taylor guy, he's special. Um, But they don't want that out in the media because they are hoping they can snag him in the fifth, sixth round instead of having to move up to the fourth, third, you know, that kind of thing. And so they aren't going to push his name out there and say, hey, DenverBroncos.com reporter, you should write about this guy because they don't want that out there at all. So you're not going to hear like that kind of leak for strategic reasons out of these front offices. Um, and the media people, they... Uh, here's what I'll say about everybody who... Pretty much everybody who covers football knows football. You know, they, they can see what they can see, um, but some know football more than others. You know, a lot of the people who go to the Senior Bowl are the scout type, um, you know, the Andre Simone type who are looking at, hmm, what, what, what did this random left guard's feet look like? This is a guy who I haven't gotten a good read on on tape. But I really want to know what his feet are like. Also, what does he look like in person? Is he as light in the pants as he looks like on there? You know, that kind of stuff. These really minute details. Um, some of the reporters are there for, you know, if, if I had gone, it would have been a little bit of that stuff. You know, I'm on the draft podcast. I like to think that I'm on that side of things. But also, I want to hear the stories from Davion Taylor. Like, hey, what's it like being out here? What are you hearing from the teams? What's that kind of stuff? So I can report that. And, uh... You know, a, a lot of the people who pick winners and losers, it's easier to pick offensive winners and losers because we know what to expect. You know what? We, we know what a good quarterback looks like. We know Steven Montez dropping a ball into the bread basket downfield. Like, wow, that's a great play. We know receivers jumping up, making great catches. Boom, that's a great play. We can see that. It's tough to evaluate what's going on in the trenches unless it's like a defensive lineman totally, totally destroying an offensive lineman. Um, or, or consistently, not just one, but over and over again. Uh, then defensively, you know, when a cornerback breaks up a pass, that's obvious. That's something that sticks out. But just good, sound work in drills defensively, it's kind of tough to gauge. Same thing with the offensive line. Uh, I think in the actual Senior Bowl game is maybe a better opportunity for Davion Taylor to show off his particular uh, set of skills. You know, he's so fast. He, he can play in coverage. He can also stop the run. And it's that diversity, all the different things he can do that really makes him so valuable. I don't necessarily think that that's an easy thing to put on display in any of these short time periods and any of these like here's three practices and here's a game show us what you can do because you need to put him in all those different situations and that's what the buffs did is here you're playing the slot here you're playing linebacker here's you're doing all these different things and he he kind of played different roles in different games doing different things he's mostly going to be asked to do what he's going to be asked to do at the senior bowl um which will hurt him a little bit but I still do think that that's his best opportunity of the week to, to, to fly around, to be making plays everywhere, to break up passes, do all those sorts of things. So even though we aren't hearing a whole bunch about Davion, I don't think that that means we need to be concerned just given the type of player he is and the position he's in. I, I did expect to hear a little bit more about how fast he is and how big he is for how fast he is. 
uh, and that really hasn't come out, at least that I've seen. I might be missing something, but in, in the parts of draft Twitter I've seen, not many uh, not many guys hyping up Davion. Uh, plenty hyping up Steven. Uh, that's kind of your senior bowl update. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more going forward. Okay. Um, now I want to talk about basketball because that's uh, the sport that's in season right now. And there's a game tonight at 8 at the CU Event Center. Hopefully I'm going to see some of you there. I really don't need to plug it that hard, though, because this isn't going to come out until after the game. And we're going to recap the game here in a couple minutes. But first, I want to tell you what I'm watching for just so that that is out there um, so we can call back to it later. And here's really what it is. I want to see Evan Batty play better. Uh, he had shot at least 50% from the field in every conference game uh, going into this weekend, finished this weekend one for eight from the field, got in some foul trouble, gave up some offensive rebounds. We'll come back to these offensive rebounds for sure. Um, I'm not worried about him. I don't think he's lost it or anything. He's only a sophomore. We forget that. Sure, he's had like an, a whole bunch of things lead to him only being a sophomore right now, but that's just where he is as a basketball player. You're going to see a slump. He was in a slump last weekend. We'll see if he's out of it now tonight. That's one thing I want to key in on. If I could pick one guy to really look great tonight, actually be tough. I'd like to see Evan Batty get back on track. I'd like to see Deshaun Schwartz just get super hot from three, put this whole slide behind him I think it did he end up missing 18 in a row before he made one against Arizona I think that's the number but uh that'd be a good choice McKinley Wright in these situations not I, I don't know if you can call it a trap game Washington State beat Oregon last week they beat the Oregon State team last week that Colorado lost to those are some good wins uh I don't think I, I, Washington State isn't the class of the Pac-12, I don't think. I think that if you put them in that situation again, playing Oregon 100 times, they're going to lose a lot of those. But but that's what happened. They won. They're a good team. They're coming into Boulder trying to do the same thing. We'll see if Colorado can just shut them down. I think a really important part of that is McKinley Wright because he is just in charge of keeping this offense stable. Uh, being the steady hand at point guard, can he just you know, make half of his shots. Can he have three assists for every turnover? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Just just run the offense the way it's supposed to be run. Put his teammates in good situations. Make this a machine. Don't make this streaky. No dry spells. Just start to finish putting up whatever, however many points per possession over and over and over. Just keep it going. Um, and also good defense. Uh I do think that if I had to pick one player to play well, it, it would be Evan, though, just because we want to see him get back on track. Um, don't want this to be a prolonged slump. Just boom, right back to where you were before, and the buffs are going to be fine. Uh, another problem uh, that we've seen going into this game is the offensive rebounding. Most offensive rebounds they've given up all season was last weekend against Arizona State. They gave up 17. Uh, second most they've given up the season was the 15 they gave up in the loss to Northern Iowa. And the third most was the uh, 13 they gave up to Arizona on Saturday. So two of the three worst games in terms of offensive rebounds allowed were last weekend. That's a problem. That needs to change. Uh, I, I have no doubt that that's been the talking point all week. That's the number one thing that they need to get cleaned up and they know it. And I think they're going to go out and do it. But uh, 
you got to mention that that's the storyline. So much of the problem with uh, giving up offensive rebounds comes from just a lack of effort, to be honest. Like, they aren't just getting eaten alive by guys who are better basketball players than them. You just have to box out. If you box out, you're going to be just fine on the defensive glass. Those little details. And those are the details they'll catch up to you in in these games that aren't against the Arizonas, against the Oregons of the Pac-12. Games that are against these mid-tier, maybe lower mid-tier teams like Washington State. Uh, not a great offensive rebounding team. But if you don't box out, I could be getting offensive rebounds. You know, that's just the way the game works. Uh, so so that's something worth paying attention to tonight for sure. Um, and those are kind of the things that I will be watching for. We'll follow up with those after the game. Um, when I tune back in, it's going to be like midnight. And then this is going to come up at like one or two. <sighs> So that's going to be a lot of fun for me. But uh, it's going to be a blast out there. Hopefully you guys will all be there. The students are back. It should be packed. Uh, Conference game. Buffs are in third or fourth right now in the Pac-12. I think fourth with uh, the uh, Cougars just behind them at number six. Uh, Three and two in conference for the Buffs. Three and three for Washington State. This is a big game, and this is one that you just can't afford to lose. You can't lose too many more games, especially you can't lose games at home, and especially you can't lose games at home to uh, teams that aren't Oregon and Arizona and, you know, those those elite teams. You know, I think Washington still deserves to be in that conversation coming in here Saturday. Uh, so that's a quick preview for a game that will have already happened when you listen to this. Uh, but But... We'll, we'll recap all of that after the game. Um, I'd like to tell you now about Mile High Green Cross. Uh, great people, our good friends, only two blocks away from me. Actually, like a block and a half. It's like a one block over and then around the corner because it's like halfway up the block. Uh, pretty crazy that we partnered with somebody just right here. Um, that's They're at 9th and Broadway, by the way, and they have parking. I might as well get that part out of the way now. Um, everything about them is just awesome. If, if you sign up for their loyalty program, you get 20% off your entire purchase once per month. It's a great deal. That's that's If you're part of the DNVR fam, it's awesome. Just mention us and join the loyalty program, and there you go. Uh, they offer a variety of CBD products, edibles to concentrates to cartridges. Every time you go in there, you get one-on-one attention, they have low prices already. They have $99 prepack ounces, V3 hash oil bulk deals, like five cartridges for $100. And what you see is what you pay. It's all out-the-door pricing. They factor the tax in already. If you don't have cash, that's fine. They accept hyper, um, which I think is like a Venmo type thing. Uh, what's even better is that you really don't spend much time there. It takes about nine minutes from the time you walk in to the time you walk out. There's no better place to go than Mile High Green Cross, located at 9th and Broadway, with parking in the back. If you sign up, mention you're part of DMVR, you can get 20% off your purchase once per month. All right, uh, I'm going to go now, and I will be back after the game to talk about what happened. All right, I'm back. Uh, 
It's okay. Let's see. Let's just kind of set the scene again. It's about one. Just finished uh, writing a story about the rebounding. Uh, got Ben Ben Girding, the DNVR Buffs intern. Uh, got his story up. His like takeaways from the game. And now I get to jump back in and finish up this podcast. Um, where do you even start? Uh, Colorado won, by the way, in case you guys didn't watch the game. Uh, looked pretty great. Uh, it was a competitive game in the beginning, but, you know, Colorado kind of built a little lead at halftime. A couple mistakes late. Cut that lead a little bit slimmer than it probably should have been, but... Then the Buffs ran away with it in the second half, ended up winning 78-56. That's a 22-point uh, win. So, there you go. Um, you know, a big reason that that margin at the end of the game was so wide is because Colorado went on a pretty crazy run. I'm trying to figure out where they were the closest here. So, like, they were 36-40. to 40. Um, That's probably the best we're going to do. Uh, so 36 to 40, so that's a 38 to, oh boy, uh, it is late to be doing math, to 19 run, so that's a pretty good run. Uh, it's probably a better example of run. Oh, it got back to 50-54, so what's that? That's 24 to 6, there you go, 24 to 6 run to close it. That's going to be the number we run with. Um, very good, very good. Uh, the defense was great. Offense was clicking. Uh, McKinley Wright had everything running the way he was supposed to. Uh, he had some interesting things to say after the game, as he typically does. Um, and he reiterated something that he said a few times uh, this season, and that's that he's at his best when he slows down a little bit. Uh, he, he has a tendency to start playing too fast, to be running, all this kind of stuff, and it doesn't give him a chance to actually see what's going on in front of him and react to that and make the right play it just speeds everything up and it leads to mistakes he said that's one of the things that was going on early um i think he said at the under 12 timeout he had three turnovers in the first half under 12 in the first half so eight minutes in essentially and then in the last 32 minutes of the game he didn't turn the ball over again uh the difference he slowed down so that's uh pretty telling um like I won't, I, I, if it were like a one-on-one situation, then I would have asked him, like, well, why don't you always just play slow then? If, if, if it causes problems to play fast, why would you ever do that? And obviously, like, it's not something he tries to do. It's just what happens. But to get inside his head and what it's like to be a point guard running everything, to is, is he just antsy? Is there, like, pent-up energy? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a chance to talk with him about that next week. Um, he played really well. Uh, this was his seventh career double double, like points, assists, double double. That's the most ever by a buff. He claimed that record tonight. Uh, it's also, I want to say, his seventh. It might have just been his seventh uh game with double digit assists as well. Uh, which puts him in second, I believe. Maybe it's six, seven, something like that. Um, great night for McKinley. Uh, he played well. He controlled everything, especially after a bit of a slow start. Uh, he also had some interesting things to say about what changed at halftime uh, because, you know, Colorado was only up five at halftime, 38-33, before winning the game by 
a lot at the end, 22 points at the end. Uh, he he said that there weren't really any tactical changes. Um, maybe there was a little bit of getting back to the game plan, remembering what they had prepared for and not just going out there and running around playing basketball. And so he he did say that we kind of they they kind of focused on getting back to what the game plan was, but more than anything it was just energy. They were just out there playing good basketball, hustling, doing that kind of stuff and he said that was the big difference. Uh those are the two of the most notable things. I don't want to get too deep into the rebounding because uh that's what my story is about and I have to give members something if they're going to uh, be paying for more of that information. But Kin did say that he he felt like in Arizona he was part of the problem with the rebounding, that he wasn't hustling enough. He said he had a conversation with Tad about it. He said he apologized to Evan and Tyler and the big men and essentially said, you know, I, I need to be helping you guys more. I'm putting you guys in bad situations. And that that was a focus for him going into tonight and going into the rest of the season is to be better in terms of rebounding. Um, and we saw it. We saw it. He finished with 10, 10, and 6. That's a great line for him. A tad said he thought that Kin could even get up into that 8, 9 rebounds per game, or maybe not per game, but he wants to see that. He's happy with 6, of course. And, uh, pointed out that we've seen double-digit rebound games from McKinley before, and that should be his goal. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what I want to get into tonight and what to save for tomorrow. Um, I want to talk about Dallas Walton. Uh, I thought that Tad had some interesting things to say about rebounding. He said he wants selfish rebounders uh, and kind of explained why. It makes sense. You know, that's what it takes to go get the ball, but this isn't a particularly selfish team. It's that that selfishness has kind of been coached out of them. So, you know, <laughs> it's a little surprising to hear that word ever. Although in this sense, it does make more sense. Um, there's a whole bunch of things we could talk about a whole, whole bunch of things we could talk about. Um, I'm not sure if I, let, let's talk about Dallas Walton. Um, because I talked about him earlier this week, and now we know a l- some more about him. He he got real minutes. Uh, oh, I didn't even talk about how Tyler Bay didn't play. Uh, Tyler, I guess, was banged up in practice Monday. Looked like he had a couple of fingers taped together on his left hand. I uh, didn't see too much more than that. Uh, I would guess that that was the injury. Um, got hurt on Monday. Didn't practice at all on Tuesday. Was really limited on Wednesday. Today is Thursday. Uh, Tad said he could have played if they had needed him. I think if you know if this was a tournament game, he probably would have been out there. Um, but for tonight, obviously they didn't need him. It was the right call. If they had lost this game, then uh, then we could be second guessing some things. But he will be back for the game Saturday against Washington. Don't be concerned about him. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do what you want to do. I'm not here to boss you around, but I'm not too concerned about him. Uh, you never know if something like that might make it tough, if the ball's going to slip out of his hands, if whatever, whatever. Maybe he won't quite be himself, but I, I think that he's going to be back and he's going to be just fine, which is the best outcome because we didn't know that he wasn't playing. Um, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't seen it reported by anybody um but 
then tip off came and he was on the bench and I was sitting with Chase Howell and Chase pointed out that he had some tape on his hand. I was like, I don't know how you see that from way over here. Uh, turns out he was right. Got to see it later on. But, uh, oh, Ashad Clayton tweet. What is he doing up right now? I got to turn these notifications off. Um, what does Ashad say? This ain't regular. This since Ben. This ain't regular. This since Ben. Um, just a heads up. It's 1.02 a.m. Uh, he famously is in Louisiana. That makes it 3.02 a.m. on a Thursday there. So I try want him to sign so badly. He's so good at football. And uh, this part of the process, it might, it might, it might make me insane. Uh, oh my God. His last tweet just said thinking dot, dot, dot. 34 retweets. My goodness. Um, we got to get to the signing day. Uh, before we get back into basketball, which is what we're going to talk about for the rest of today's show, um, I want to tell you about a uh, pretty cool new partner that you're going to be hearing a lot about from me. Um, and I love it because I love burritos. Um, Illegal Pete's is Denver's home for the best burritos, tacos, nachos, and so much more. Illegal Pete's is offering the DNVR family an incredible deal. If you guys are heading to any game or any event, just stop by Illegal Pete's before or after you go on the same day of your event and show them your ticket. And if you do that, they'll give you a free draft beer or a free margarita with the purchase of a full-sized entree. That's just incredible, and I'm going to be spending a lot of time there. You know, Uber has this weird thing that it does where if you have enough, like, they take, they count how much money you spend with them, and then you get into, like, different tiers. You can be, like, gold or platinum or diamond, and I'm whichever one is the second highest. Um, yeah, You have to spend a crazy amount of money on Uber and Uber Eats and all that stuff to get into the top tier, but one of the perks that I just got because I just got into that second tier is that I uh, can pick one route. So like from one place to the other and it counts like both ways there and back and that will be price controlled. So no matter how, like if, if there's a surge going on and everybody's Ubering and the prices are way up at that time, I still have to pay those higher prices on that one route because of, uh, that perk that I get. Um, the point of that story is that I'm still trying to figure out which route I want. And I know that the best answer by far is between my apartment and Pepsi center because, you know, after that there's always like the surge coming back out and then you don't have to pay that. And, you know, it's just a situation that, you know, I take a lot of Ubers over there and the surge is happening almost every time I come back. So that's the right answer. But I'm really tempted to make it like between Illegal Pete's and Pepsi Center so that every time I go, I can go get a burrito first and get a free drink. And that's not like the logical way to approach this at all. That's go like there's no way I'm going to have that extra time every time I go to Pepsi Center. But this deal is so good that it makes me want to be illogical. Also, it's past one in the morning, so I probably shouldn't be making any important decisions. 
Oh, anything else about illegal beats I should tell you? Uh, there's nine locations in Colorado. Six are in Denver. Two are in Boulder. One is in Fort Collins. Make sure that you swing by for delicious grub before or after any game or any event and grab your free beer or margarita with a purchase of a full-sized entree. Okay, uh, back into this now. Dallas Walton played good minutes. He played really good minutes. And we talked about earlier in the week how I thought that maybe, not necessarily he is the missing piece, but a, a developed version of him is the missing piece for this team. Uh, I don't think you need Dallas Walton to be anything special. I don't think you need him to be, you know, somebody who we're all clamoring for to be in the starting lineup or to play more than 10 minutes per game. But I do think he's a piece that you need. We saw Washington State go really small at times. And, you know, honestly, Tad took Dallas out a lot of the time in those situations and just said, like, he, you can't ask him to go out to the perimeter and defend but the couple of times we got to see Dallas go up against that smaller lineup, he got buckets against it, um, as you'd expect him to. He's a seven footer going up. You know, at some points he was guarded by six foot six, six foot seven guys. He should be scoring on those possessions, and he did it. And that's a step for him uh, because I think earlier in the season we didn't necessarily see him take advantage of those situations. It'd be nice to see him be able to take advantage of guys who are six ten, six eleven, and eventually seven footers, but. He just isn't there yet, and this is still valuable. Uh, even if it isn't quite this full-blown Dallas Walton, put him out there toe-to-toe with any big man in the conference, you could still use him as one option to break up another team's small ball lineup, which I think is important. Um, it's it's one more tool that you now have. That's one less thing that you have to worry about, um, assuming everything goes well. Uh, I thought that he played really well. I don't think he missed. I think he was three for three from the field for seven points. Uh, just a good night. Rebounded well. I thought he defended well. Made a couple of plays. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was one where he made like a diving play to. St- I can't remember if he stole a ball or saved a ball or something. But he everything he did worked, uh, and that was fun to see. Again. This isn't a, a really big team he went up against. It's not like... I mean, he he should be doing this. He he has the tools. He has been around the Pac-12 for a couple of years now. Um, it's time for him to be able to take advantage of these situations. So we saw him do that tonight. Now, the next step is... You know, when when the buffs are getting pushed around by another team seven-footer and he's just too long for Evan Batty to stop, he's too heavy for Tyler Bay to be able to play defense on him, you know, whatever, some, some similar situation like that. This is another option. And it's right now it's something you could try and hope. It should be something you should be able to try and be confident in, putting Dallas out there on defense um, to, to stop an opposing big man who's taking over. That would have been very useful in a couple of these games, especially in these losses for Colorado, I think, uh, to have somebody with his skill set who plays good basketball and is somebody who you can just trust to go out there and do his job. Again, you don't need him to be a star. You don't need him to be a starter caliber player, but you need him to be able to do a couple of those things for you if you're going to make a run. Uh, there's a good chance that at some point in the NCAA tournament, you know, how many how many rounds are there? 64, 32, 16, 8, 4, 2. 
so so you have to win six games to win a national championship. One of those teams, at least, is going to have a big seven-footer who's pretty skilled and tough to stop. That's just the way the numbers work out. If you have Dallas Walton to give you a little bit better shot there, that's that's even better. Um, Dallas, Dallas played really well. He did pretty much everything I think you could have asked from him. Uh, I thought I thought he should have gotten more minutes against Arizona too. I was disappointed they didn't play him more. I thought that you know there were definitely some mistakes, but that the touch that he had on that little turnaround we were talking about that tonight. But uh, he he made a play. He made a play when almost nobody was making plays. It was tough for Colorado to find baskets. They they couldn't really get good looks. And all of a sudden he's seven feet tall. You give him the ball. He can make something happen in those situations. He's he's another tool, and you just want to see him continue to develop. Uh, I'm not out on Dallas Walton at all. Uh, I, I think that he's a really important part of this team's future, and I think that he's going to be a guy who we're excited to watch for a couple of years. The uh, question is just how much he can contribute in the next couple of months, and that we don't know, but we've seen some positive signs recently, and I'm really excited about it because I, I really do love his game. Um, those are some thoughts on Dallas Walton. Uh, what else? Is there anything we want to talk about? Uh, Evan Batty. Let's talk about Evan Batty. He played well. Um, there was, there, there was one line from Tad Boyle that really stuck out to me tonight. Actually, there were a couple, but this one is relevant to what we're talking about. So I'm going to run with it. Uh, essentially he said that, Last week, before Colorado played the Arizona schools, Evan's energy was wrong, and his emotions were wrong, and things were going well. And uh, you saw it play out in the game as well. This week, he got that energy back and the emotion back in practice, and it was obvious. And Tad Tad mostly took this in the route of saying, you know, we we can't just ask Evan to be that guy, to be like the heart and soul of this team and to provide all those different things. And we can't trust McKinley. We can't expect McKinley to be the the level-headed, you know, stone-cold killer type. Like you, you need more guys who can fill these different personality archetypes. And it's great that Evan got it back because, I mean, obviously nobody really did fill that role without him. Uh, again, he, he had been, let's see, I think I might have already put the stat on this podcast, but to me, I guess to me, this was like eight hours ago. I was even talking about more than that, much more than that. Oh, what a weird day. Um, But Evan had made more than 50% or 50% or more uh, from the field in each of the Buffs Pac-12 games this season up until the Arizona games last weekend when he shot a combined one for eight. I think he was one of four and one and 0 for four and another. That's not good enough um, because expectations are high for him because he is so talented. Uh, he got back on track. And Tad said he thought it was because of the emotions were back, because all that stuff. Um, he's definitely a player who you expect to play better at home. Uh, that's so much of who he is, is just energy, and you need that crowd. Crowd was, uh, for the first time really, um, just dominated by students. There there weren't a whole bunch of other fans. There were some empty seats everywhere but the student section. Um, that's a twist. That's a big twist. Um, Evan, though, tonight... Evan tonight, 
he uh i mean he was four of eight from the field put up 12 points had 10 rebounds um three guys with double doubles batty seward uh right and evan and he just generally played well had a block had a couple steals had a few assists he he was himself he filled the stat sheet and again he isn't necessarily the star guy he isn't the tyler bay who's going to be competing for national awards and all that kind of stuff but he's a really good basketball player and he is uh doing what he needs to do again which is so exciting and the way it should be you know he he's just somebody when we've all heard this and said this and all this kind of stuff before but just so easy to root for and you know, it, it's frustrating when Tyler doesn't play well. It's trust, frustrating when McKinley doesn't play well. But when Evan doesn't play well, you almost think like, oh, I, I don't like that. I, I, want, I, I want him to be happy. He deserves this after all the work he's put in, how obvious it is. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, so it is really good to see him get back on track. Uh, Going to be a different test against Washington. We'll talk more about Washington tomorrow, or actually today, probably in like, eight or nine hours um but yeah it was good to see evan get back on track um him and dallas and lucas those those big men played well um mckinley you know i wasn't all that impressed with a lot of the guards to be pretty frank uh i haven't really paid much attention to the stats what else happened so mckinley wright played well shane gatling was three of six sean schwartz was four of ten two of six from three not bad not bad but it really was the big men who stood out tonight and mckinley who kind of kept things running got them the ball all that kind of stuff um okay before we get out of here i do want to say that that washington state team is a lot of fun um, they may not be the most talented, they may not be a tournament team, but the way they play is just such an exciting brand of basketball. Uh, when they go small, uh, when they, when they're throwing up threes, they, they, they'll put five shooters out there and it's tough to defend. They have a couple of those guys who can get to the rim, who can shoot all. There's a yard. I think that means it's probably about time to wrap it up, but, um, that's a fun basketball team. Definitely wish that we could see the Buffs play them again this year because they're just fun. Uh, they're very modern, uh, very much a young warriors type team, you know, kind of built in that mold. Um, this future of basketball type thing. I don't know. They're fun to watch. They have a couple guys who can really play, really defend, um, really shoot get to the rim, create their own shots, these step backs, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was a blast, but Colorado in the end was the better basketball team. And I think that that was really clear. The defense was stellar. The rebounding, they out rebounded, uh, Washington state by 17. That's a massive number. Uh, the turnovers weren't bad, just a good night for CU and, uh, you know, when CU has a good night, this Washington State team isn't going to be able to compete with them. That's just the truth. Um, when Colorado has a good night, I think Oregon can compete with them. Arizona can keep, compete with them. Uh, Washington, and I'm not really sure beyond that. I'm excited to see how things play out with USC, with Stanford. Um, you know, USC took Oregon to double overtime tonight. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. But a couple of those teams... 
that weren't supposed to be this good before the season or to find this much success. Uh, I'm still kind of out on them, uh, but I don't really know what I'm waiting for. At this point in the season, maybe it's just time to say, you know what, Stanford and USC are good basketball teams. And saying that they've got to show me two more weeks of it, what's the point in that? Um, This Pac-12 conference might be deeper than we thought. I don't know. But yeah, the, I think Colorado really does have a chance to do to beat anybody for sure when they're playing well. And that's just such an exciting position to be in. Um, and they should have beaten this Washington State team uh, back on track. Uh, again, bouncing back pretty well against or, or following a, a loss, which I think they've done every time. Uh, I mean, they definitely won every game, but I thought that they looked really good doing it as well. Um, I think those are most of my thoughts for now. Uh, I'll dig deeper into some of this stuff tomorrow and I'm excited about that. Um, talk about some of the other Pac-12 games tonight and, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, definitely preview this Washington game as well. Uh, so I'll talk to you then. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Again, if you guys have any thoughts about the game, any questions, throw them in the comment section on the post for this show at thednvr.com, and I'll get to those tomorrow. Uh, appreciate all of you, as always, for listening, and I will be back tomorrow with uh, more Buffs talk for you. I think they like my Colorado See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we station, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
the A. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it, play. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.